This is On the Block with Strickenbach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Right back for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. What? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Back on the block with Stricken Bach. We're in the second hour once again. Again, you can always find us. You can find us streaming over at Twitch. You can find us streaming also on Facebook and other platforms like Google and uh, I. What is it called? I Apple. Apple. I don't, I don't know. We're all over the place. <laughs> Spotify. Go jump over there. You can find us live there and right here. Tap that subscribe button. Hit that like button. We're on the block right here. Every day from 4 to 6 Central Standard Time, it may be cold where you at, so you can bundle up, put on a nice blanket, a Snuggie or something like that, and join us on the block. We're talking all things sport. Right now, we're going to get into some USFL information. We've got a few draftees from Nebraska that popped up on the draft, so that's some good stuff. I mean, we got to be proud of our young fellas. I don't know what's happening right now with the USFL and how the effects are going to – we're going to talk about that right now as well what the effects of the USFL, and they're going to try to buck up against the Brahma Bull and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, (laughs) the XFL. Can you smell (laughs) what The Rock is cooking? You can smell it right here on the block. We're going to talk about it right now. Jake Bachman, it's a beautiful day, man. It's Thursday. Is it Thursday? No, it's Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday. See, you, you, you see what I'm thinking about. Yep. What am I thinking about? Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. You know what I mean? Already getting ahead I'm on already, it. I'm, I'm a day ahead of y'all. So, no, it's, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. So, yeah, Jake, so, you know, what we found is we found a few Huskers that popped up on the radar in, in the USFL draft, man. I think that's a, that's a pretty positive thing. You know, one of the things is, is that what is the competition going to be like? What is – you know, we know that there's some differentiations on on their time schedules. It's looking like they're trying to uh, work that out right now to where uh, the USFL will start, I think, um, in January up until maybe April time frame. And then boom, right when they end, then, you know, it looks like the XFL will pop in. That would be good for Eastrick because that that part of the season, other than March Madness, gets real kind of boring, so to speak. <laughs> so tell me about the USFL, your thoughts and and on the current players and who popped up on the radar out there uh, for the USFL draft. Yeah, it's kind of cool. They did their their first round draft. I, I think they have um, eight teams. So they these draft, you know, the rounds go pretty quick and they're trying to fill up a whole team. So this isn't just like, you know, the NFL draft where you, you try to take seven or eight guys to add to your team. Um, so they had these huge rounds that they had um, and like round 29 is outside linebacker. Round 30 uh, is outside linebacker, uh, you know. So they, they have like different rounds of which um, what, what, you know, round 32 is kicker. Uh, they have different times at which you can, draft different positions so it doesn't necessarily correlate that like we traditionally think of drafts um and you know uh, the higher pick the better or, or whatever and, and so forth there but it's kind of fun to follow along some of the names that you uh recognize from around college football or you know brief stints in the nfl um 
for example, uh, yesterday in the first round, they did quarterbacks, and uh, there were several notable quarterbacks. I shouldn't say several. I guess there was more that I didn't necessarily um, know or remember uh, as opposed to ones that I did. But um, they did have, uh, let me see if I can run down, like Shea Patterson, who was a Michigan quarterback for a while. He was the first overall pick. Clayton Thorson, former Northwestern quarterback, of course, had his stint in the NFL, uh, was a was a first-round pick. Their last, their last round last year, Paxton Lynch, even went to uh, was picked, and he's uh, it's kind of crazy. Kind you know, with these different names, it's fun to see like how how many years ago are some of these guys? Um, you know, how many of them? Because uh, you think of that draft, that's that's the Carson Wentz draft that Paxton Lynch came in. So it's just kind of interesting um, to compare those. But for Nebraska guys, Freedom Mac and Molden was the first one taken by uh, the Philadelphia Stars. Um, uh, then there was a couple other guys. Josh Banderas was also taken by the Stars today. Kyron Williams. Williams. Yeah, t- yeah, taken by the Panthers. So it's kind of cool. I, I I think, you know, and then there's just other names. Stevie Scott, Mike Weber, Scooby Wright, um, Bug Howard, different guys that you remember maybe from college. Maybe you don't remember those names. Probably other ones that you are particularly remember. Um, but uh, it, it, it's kind of cool to, to see. It's not, it's not huge names. It's not big names. Um, but I do think that I'll be a little bit interested to check out um, how some of the former Huskers are. Guys that you wouldn't necessarily think uh, still were, were playing in you know professional football, or they kind of get lost. Um, you'll get a chance to kind of the see part. them on TV. Yeah, that's the part right there. Because you know, actually, I've 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 stayed in contact somewhat with Kerryon Williams, and um, I could just see he wanted it so bad. He was pressing, and he was just looking for any opportunity. And that's the thing about it: there was really not many opportunities out there other than the Canadian Football League. And what happens is. Sometimes players go up there and they kind of get lost in the shuffle and they, they find themselves up there. And, and we don't really have too much connection to the Canadian football unless you've got cable TV and, you know, you tap into some of the bottom parts of ESPN 4 or yeah. something like that. You know, it ain't ESPN 2. It ain't, you know, no. one of those. It's that ESPN Classic or something way down the line. And so that's what makes it difficult for us to, to be able to keep our eyes on how these guys are going. I think – that not only for for how sports were in when, when when we experienced through the COVID and through the the pandemic situation where it was just a loss on TV programming, I could tell you probably everybody and their mama went into binge mode on on The Walking Dead and and oh, you know, yeah. Star Wars and they went back and like oh I didn't see that in Star Wars and everybody was kind of just watching everything binging on Netflix and all of those different programming and didn't really have sports so I found that. This right here is going to provide a segment where the energy for football and give opportunity for kids and young men that feel as if they've lost their, their way and their time and their opportunity to be able to still be close and be seen by those, those top-tier football programs. And I would, hope that, I would hope that they would be able to work something out to where there could, there could be some, some translation because some of these, these, these kids are on practice squads or on, on those, those extra uh, – roster spot squads and they really aren't getting an opportunity right they're there they're getting paid but maybe there could be some way in which you know they can kind of move some of these guys in and allow them to be able to get some runs a few two three games with some teams to give them some you know some film work and also to continue to progress in their game so they're just not lost on a practice squad 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely kind of for those fringe players. And then every once in a while, you kind of go back to the Arena League or the, the early days of the XFL, you can see huge success stories. I mean, Kurt Warner, obviously, the, the biggest one, the movie just made yeah. of him, obviously, um, going from the Arena League and, and using that to get the attention of the Rams. And, and obviously, the rest is history. We, you know, won a Super Bowl there, went to a few others there in, in, in Arizona. He's a, he's a Hall of yeah. Famer, no doubt. Um, a lot of people remember from their first XFL, he hate me, Rod Smith, Um you, you know, they could put whatever they want on the back of their jerseys. Uh, some guy told him he hated him, so he put it on the back of his jersey. He didn't have a, he didn't have a nickname yet, so he said, well, he hated me. That's a good one. He ended up playing in the Super Bowl with the Panthers, albeit in, in yeah. much of a lesser role than, than Kurt Warner. But it is, I mean, it is those kind of stories that are few and far between um, that I think that hopefully that you'll get out of here again. And, and, and you know, um, aside from that, I think it's just cool, um, especially for the former Husker part. I wonder, um, you know, I, 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 I can't imagine. Imagine being too interested in the league without having some names that you can remember. And like I was saying, whether it's former Huskers or even like a Shea Patterson or just, you know, guys that, that played in the Big Ten, that played against Nebraska, um, that you can remember. I, I mean, that's exactly up my alley. I love the the kind of the fringe players, the, the role players at times, or the good college players that just don't translate to the NFL um, to, to, to be out there competing. I just fear... Again, looking through the rosters, and it'd be it'd be hard um, to do this, but you know maybe there would be a way to kind of regionalize it a little bit better because um, there might be a name to three that you know on each roster, um, but most of them are, are filled up with with you know just other for, former college football fringe players, not necessarily all conference guys. So if you don't spend too much time uh, watching the MAC of 2016, you know you might not know uh, a few different guys on the roster. You know even moving it up to like the Pac-12 or the ACC of 2017, you know, because we're all kind of in our own um, separate bubble, right? So I, I kind of thought that there'd be a, it'd be a cool idea if they could somewhat um, put together a former Big Ten team against a former SEC team. And, and I think that that might be able to um, draw the attention a little bit more from college football fans would be more interested, I think, invested in it. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I don't know how hard that would be, but obviously regionally it kind of makes sense for a lot of those guys. If they were willing to live wherever they did in college, they would probably be willing to live in that same type of area. Um, I don't I don't know if that's a, a possibility. But to me, when I'm looking at these other um, other leagues that, that are trying to take up space where the NFL doesn't have much of it, um, you know, that would be one idea to me that I thought that, that would work out. And neither – I don't know how hard, difficult it would be again, but uh, um, none of these leagues are doing that sort of thing. And I think that that's what makes it difficult is that, you know – I, I might, you know, the, the Philadelphia team has two former Huskers, but if they're not, you know, if one of them's playing, the other one is in a reserve role, is that going to grab my attention for the few, for a few games, you know, for the whole game, I should say, while I don't know a lot of these other guys and their stories. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, those are some good ideas. I think also too, when you, when you look at it right now, as it, as it unfolds, it looks like Fox has basically taken over the USFL. So they've got some money. It looks like it's got about roughly around 150 million, in, in their budget for next two, three years that they're going to be able to have at least some financing backing to be able to uh, do some things. I think it's also being set up quite nicely based on the number of teams on each, each uh, in the XFL as well as the USFL right now that it's, it's kind of tailoring itself to a potential merge hmm. because, you know, when the, the original USFL started off, they had about 18 teams. So, that was something, and I, and, and I think right now there's a lot of buying going on between making sure maybe that they don't 
it looks like the USFL was trying to jump in and get certain markets uh, out front. Um, and a lot of them are, are some original markets. So that's, that, that's something that's kind of already tailored to them. And then it looks like uh, the XFL is kind of still staying on course with what they have, but it would set up really nicely for a potential merge. Um, obviously Fox backing the USFL and then the XFL having a relationship with the, um, the NFL would bode well for sustainability, long-term sustainability, if they can work things out, especially with the relationship that the USFL is, is, is trying to tidy up on, on being a place where they can go and get, uh, a, find out different adjustments that they can make. I love some of the rules that are out there. I, I think the one, two, and three point uh, extra point is is dope. I think the kickoff that they have is pretty dope that it minimize injuries and in that they put you at about 10 yards away, kick the ball, and you can come up with creative means and methods by which to break. Yes, it, so it's minimizing the long runs yeah. and all of those those types of things as well. And then I, you know, I like I like just I, I think the XFL line up at the I think the 15 yard line, put the ball on the 50. First one to get there, you get the ball. I think those types <laughs> of things that are pretty one, yeah. cool. You know what I mean? So I, I just love the the potential innovations that can be implemented. Um, I like the, the some of them with dealing with um, you know pass interferences. They only going to be 15 yards and not the the length of the field. If you throw it all the way to the end zone, you don't line up at the three yard line type of deal. 15 yards, baby. That's what you get. So I, I think there's some good things there. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I ultimately, again, I, I don't necessarily believe in these leagues working out. Um, you wonder how long, like you said, the backing from a major TV network is, is absolutely crucial and huge um, for them. The XFL, at least having the face of The Rock, I think it gives them another opportunity. But let's be honest, this is XFL 3.0. Um, 2.0 at a short stint. 1.0 didn't work out in the long run. None of these leagues ultimately do so maybe if they can gain enough traction to eventually merge um that would also kind of open it up because it does feel very minor league when you have eight teams right i mean because yeah it's just not that much of a, of a competition if you're if you're you can't be the world champ if you only beat seven other teams you know it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like that that's about half the size of conferences in football in college football these days um so uh you well, know Bach, let's think about this part of it though right Think about right now with what's going on with CBA for the for the uh, Major League Baseball. So we 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 know they're still working out those details. We probably this month is coming up for spring training, which will will be able to start kind of knowing what that's gonna gonna look like. Then you've got to look at the aspect of of there's been some droppage in other sports. Basketball has lost a lot of retention on some of theirs based on some of the history of what happened over the COVID situation. So some of their numbers are down. Um, so numbers are down for specific people for whatever reason their per their reasons are for why they're not watching anymore. And so there's a whole treasure trove of the ones that right now are making their way back is football. So right now there's a whole treasure trove of uninterested some people in other sports right now that are kind of looking for something to be able to pop their head in and maybe gain a little interest, right. To be able to take their kid or their son to, to the game. And obviously you're not paying the same prices that you would pay if you're, you know, going to an NFL game. And so those type of outings are something I can tell you that 
lovely families love going to spring training and down in Arizona and down in Florida, oh, yeah. you know, you have those opportunities to go and it's not an expensive ticket. You know, some of them are going to triple a baseball games and things like that. You know, you're getting good, good turnouts for that. So I think there's an opportunity there. Yeah, let us know what you think on the Sardar Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. What's your interest level, and, and, and how could these leagues improve? Because I think uh, they're not asking us, but I think that it's pretty much uh, it's it's the big question because there's, there's been pretty of, of leagues that have gave this a shot, including uh, ones with these names before that haven't quite worked out. Um, Eric says it will flop. Nobody wants to watch backup players playing mediocre football. Um, so, I mean, that is, that is the, the ultimate problem i suppose that they have is that kind of view and and i you know that's kind of what it is uh adam says i think the nfl should have a feeder system like the nhl where you have uh nhl ahl echl the nfl could do nfl xfl usfl and each team is affiliated with an nfl team i like that idea because like i said i i think that you've got to find a way to get in to to i mean the problem with the with the monopoly that you're going up against for one with college football in the in in the nfl um it is a different time in the fall so clearly you're not going up head to head with them. And, and so these leagues right. have figured that out. Um, but the other part is this, they're built in massive fan bases that you have in the NFL and in college football. Um, and you don't have that just starting anew with these leagues. So I, I think that that would be wise of them. Like I said, to, incorporate conferences in, in, in college football or, like he just said, is, you know, maybe have some sort of affiliation with an NFL team. I know one of the XFL teams um, kind of looks like they think the Houston team looks, their logo kind of looks like the old Houston Oilers logo. I don't know how how legal it is or how much they were able to, to kind of get away with that, but that's, you know, that's something that, okay, there's my team. I love the Oilers from back in the day. That logo is one of the best. And you know that that you know that that's something that you can kind of get a built-in fan base off of. I think that that's really where where they're going to struggle because, um, like I said, even going through the draft, you can pick apart some guys um, that you liked or went to your school. Um, but for the most part, these are going to be fringe players that you didn't ever knew existed for the for a lot of the time. And then, like we said from the beginning, it's very few and far between that any of them will go on to become anything, you know, at the next level. And of course the, the, uh, to the NFL, I should say, but th the biggest thing too, is if you can kind of get these, these college stars that don't work out in the NFL. Um, I don't think Paxton Lynch is quite that guy, but a Johnny Manziel, I know they kind of went through him with the CFL. Um, you know, if, if every, you know, or, or, you know, there's not so many Johnny Manziels that it would be easy to do, but if you can get, you know, those type of notoriety, get Robert Griffin out of the booth again, you know, but those, those type of guys, um, that would draw in a major attention because those guys have built in fan bases. I just think that that's the one thing, um, that these leagues are missing and the most important thing, and they've got to find a way to incorporate that. And I don't see enough of that, um, in these leagues as of yet. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's why these things are debatable, right? It's 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 speculation. No one can really assess or tell you what it's going to look like or what it's going to be. We know what it's looked like in the past. We understand that it's it's failed and it's flopped, and and we thought, you know, as 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 the XFL was starting to gain a little bit of traction prior to the COVID situation, it was starting to look like there were some things that was coming, you know, culminating out of it, and 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 then all of a sudden, boom, it gets shut down. So that's the hard part about it is that you didn't get to really see and, and get a full assessment. It was really just a small sample yeah. size of what the potential could have been. Now we're going to get to see the problem I think with it is if there's overlap or there's competing factions and it's going to divert and dilute 
just people's interest potentially. And I'm not going to say that's the case, but it's potential. It has the potential to do that. So that's, that's the thing we're going to watch for. Uh, I just support the young Huskers. I support those that are getting the opportunity to continue to, to, to play the game that they love so much. I mean, it, it's hard because there's such a huge turnover of top tier talent that's coming out every year, going into the combines, leaving early, You've got all these different things. And so those that have, have missed time don't have the resume, don't have the tape, don't have those things that can get to uh, uh, organizations to be able to get an inroad once that time has passed. And once so much time has passed, I think uh, in, 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 in the same manner, uh, other than the draft, those executives are just kind of sitting on their hands and just kind of looking at their boards and trying to figure it out and what they're going to do. And they're going to plan. I think this will give them an opportunity to kind of see if they can find a diamond in the rough out there. I mean, they're out there. You just never know. Yeah. And I think that that hopefully we will, we'll see that. And I think we will, but I think you're right. Um, There is a big, I think there is a big problem when you're introducing all these new names and brands and you have a competing, um, competing league there. It's going to be hard to remember which teams are which and, and all that sort of stuff as you're just getting going uh of course naturally you start to think you know i wonder if a team in in omaha or lincoln would work um specifically you know i, I think it would be pretty cool if they did try that that you know kind of going along with my theme is is to find fan bases that are just football frenzied that that don't that aren't necessarily pro markets uh you know kind of mm-hmm. lincoln or you know go go down to tuscaloosa alabama if you fill those team with former huskers for former crimson tide um you know maybe south bend something like that you know get those get those guys going I, I think people would be interested in the spring league and just to see how those guys you know if, if you, some of your former players can kind of work out and kind of build the team basically around them I think they could get a, a lot of support from the football frenzied um, college towns that they're in but then you know does the University of, of Nebraska University of Alabama any of those teams do they want that or is that taking a bit of a shine away um, from their their team or I mean, would it be beneficial? Would it be something that you go, you know, yeah, we, we take care of our Huskers around here so much that we have a league that we have that, that we kind of funnel them into. So um, I think that would be interesting. Yeah. I don't know if those leagues would be interested, but again, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I just think like, especially, you know, a Philadelphia USFL team, you got a lot of competition there. And, and you, yeah, know, you know, it's just, a, yeah. there's a lot of already big time pro teams there that, you know, it's yeah. kind of like why you don't see, you know, minor league baseball teams in the, the top markets yeah. because they get lost. Yeah. Teams. And the Omaha beef, actually, I heard, I heard the, the Omaha beef and the Lincoln team actually had some pretty good success when they were playing. Oh yeah. It's just, there's not, wasn't a lot of sustainability in the region to be able to maintain it. Just not a lot of teams and, and the markets weren't big enough, but uh, arena football kind of, you know, it, it hit for a second, but then it just really wasn't a full, it, the concept of the game. I just really couldn't, couldn't feel it. I thought the field was just way too small, but that's just me. That's my opinion. Yeah. But nonetheless, we're going to come back right after this and maybe talk a little bit more about the Huskers uh, and their floundering in the field of play on the court. Maybe just a little <laughs> bit. We'll touch on that. We'll get back right after this on the block. 